Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of M365 Voice. My name is Mike Madarani. I'm Sarah Hazi. And I'm Antonio Maya. And after some technical difficulties today, uh, just we are recording from my phone. So hopefully everything works out well. Um, we are ready, I guess, for another another question from the jar. We have so many questions there. We we do have a lot of questions. I'm just going to say, um, <clears throat> Antonio and I might win today on any discussion that we have <laughs> with our with our flawless connections. But uh, That's right. yay, let's go. All right, so we have the jar. Going to pick out a question. What is Microsoft Loop? We have never oh. talked about Loop, I don't think. So this no. is kind of exciting. Loop is new. I don't think a lot of people yes. know what Loop is. Yeah, I think that they really introduced it. The first time I heard about Loop was actually um, at one of the keynotes for Ignite last November, um, which okay. was a virtual conference, November 2021. Um, they uh, was the first time that I think that I had heard Loop introduced and seen it. Um, so maybe we should start with what Microsoft Loop is. You want to take a stab at that, Mike, or I can? Go for it. Okay, so Microsoft Loop is um, really an interactive, I would I would dub it an interactive feature or capability um, built on the Fluid framework. Um, it's integrated today within Microsoft Teams. Um, it's coming to Outlook, specifically Outlook Web Access. In fact, it landed in my tenant in Outlook Web Access just within the last week. Um, and it will be coming to other components. And basically what it is, is it's um, these components that you can uh, interject into a chat within Teams or within an email in Outlook Web Access. And it basically allows multiple people to be able to edit the content together. So I could add, for example, a list of tasks into a chat and it would be dynamic. That component of that list of tasks would be dynamic, meaning we can uh, change it, we can modify it, we can edit it in the task pane or in the Outlook email um, and all of our changes would be saved. The components are actually stored in the back end in a file in the OneDrive of the person who initiated the loop. So that's how it gets stored on the back end. So it's actually in a, and I think the file type is a dot loop file, if I remember right, Mike. So if that's I initiated the loop in a chat thread, we can all edit it, but the file, the, the contents of the loop component are going to be stored in a OneDrive file in my back end, in my OneDrive. But is that is it that loop? I think it's that fluid files in the in the uh, in OneDrive. Well, it doesn't matter. So oh, it's a fluid color. file. You're right. It's not a yeah, dot. It's, a fluid, loop, it's file. dot fluid. Yeah. And that dot fluid file, just to get technical for a second, is it just a, a binary file type, or is it a JSON file? Is it is it something readable outside of the experiences you're talking about? Uh, I don't think it is readable. It is a binary file. It's not readable outside okay. of outside of the applications, whether it is um, Teams today or Outlook in the future. Okay. Um, it is, you have to use it that way. Um, or you can use it with the web. I think you can, at some point, you can use it with, if you are in your OneDrive in the browser, you can click on it. I think it would render for you as well. Okay. Um, like in the Edge yes. browser, it would render? Correct. Correct. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it sounds so like it's usage. Go, go ahead. 
I was going to say, you can go into OneDrive. For example, if, if you are, if someone has created a, a, a loop component into Teams and somehow you're not in Teams that you are in OneDrive, you can go into your OneDrive browser, a web app, and then you can go and continue doing whatever you're doing inside that Fluid file as well. Gotcha. Uh, so you don't have to be stay in, in Teams as well. So it sounds like its usage is very dependent on the experiences that support it. Are you talking about using it in Teams or using it in Outlook Web Access? So do you guys know which experiences it's currently supported in? Like where can I work on one of these things? Teams is the first one. Uh, and then the second one that's coming right now is Outlook. And then they have said that there will be more beyond that. So okay. that's um, that's the starting point. And I think I'm getting ready here. I think I can go ahead and do a demo okay. of this. And um, if that would help to be able to yeah, kind of for sure. show what it looks like. While you're getting ready for that, when you say it's supported in Teams, which experiences? And so is it Teams chat, Teams channel conversations, a tab in Teams? Uh, it's mostly chat and conversations. So you can, if you're doing a chat, definitely it has to be um, and then in uh, within the organization or if you have a shared uh, shared channel, if you have a guest into your Teams team. But if you have, if you're having a chat with an external user, it does not work. You have to have a chat if you're doing private chat within the actual tenant. Uh, so you go and initiate a loop component inside that chat. Okay. So let me share my screen and I can show you an example of what it looks like. So this is in my tenant uh, and it's actually with a demo user. So let me know when you can see the screen. Yep, see the screen. Perfect, okay. So this is a chat that I'm having with somebody inside my Office 365 tenant with Sophia Burns. So you can see down here, I can just enter a normal chat and you see the little swirly icon down here. That is the loop components icon. So when I click on this, when I have a chat going, it gives me several different choices of a type of loop, com loop component that I can add into the chat message. So one of the ones that I just like to be able to do is for example, a task list. So I can go ahead and add a task and it's gonna say initially that it's syncing. And I think this is really where it's kind of preparing that dot fluid file in the back end. So now that I've added in this component, I can just come out here and start typing. So I can say task list for project X and I can just start typing. <clears throat> and then I can hit send and it's actually gonna send the loop component. And you should expect that sometimes this takes a few seconds to be able to sync and make available. But now here's the key thing. I've sent this to Sophia Burns. So if I could show you Sophia's view, Sophia would now be able to go in and literally click on add a task. Either one of us can go into this and now start modifying it and literally co-authoring inside this loop component. And everything that we do is actually saved in that dot fluid file that's in my OneDrive because I'm the one who initiated the loop component. Does that make sense? So it's basically a component that enables us to simultaneously work together on the content within the component itself. So think about it as co-authoring, similar to co-authoring inside your teams, right? So you can, okay. when someone else is editing that task list, uh, Sarah will be able to view it live, like 
see gotcha. the all the edits happening. So if I go and add additional people to this chat um, after you've created the loop component and I say include the history of the chat, it's going to let them see that loop component as well. I believe so. Yeah, um, I would need to have another user in this tenant that I would be in a position to add. But yes, I believe so, because what it's basically doing on the back end, and I think I'm correct about this, Mike, is it's basically provisioning that person to have edit access to the dot fluid file in my OneDrive is basically what's happening when it's syncing. Gotcha. Correct. So basically you are sharing that, that fluid file with that new person. Correct. And in Teams, is supported in both the desktop client and the web client? Just one of those? Both. Both? I believe. Yeah. Yes, it is in both. So it's kind of interesting what it does automatically lead to. So it's in Teams first, and it works for one-to-one -one chats, group chats, um, chats for meetings that I've been in. It works for those as well. Um, I do think it is specifically to people in my tenants, so I don't think it's set up at this point for external users. So, for example, um, we could not, for the purposes of um, a demo, use our um, our meeting in Teams because we're not the three of us are not in the same tenant, so we couldn't use it in that case in our chat uh, for this meeting. Um, it works pretty well, and in email, I think it's just a brand new model because I think having this idea of components, and it was hard for me to get used to saying the word components because I, by default, want to say widget, uh, which is a really antiquated term. So components sounds so much more eloquent, but it is like co-authoring on a file, but at a more discrete component level. But I think it's a brand new methodology for people to think, hey, I can look inside an email and just start typing into a component in that email and co-authoring it or in a Teams chat and start typing inside that component and co-author it. It's a brand new concept. That's cool. So right now, is it only supported in Teams or is it also in email? It's landed in my OWA or Outlook Web Access okay. version of my email in my tenant, um, but that is recent. Um, I have not seen it yet in my Outlook desktop application. But I think I'm it's on its way. So I'm wondering email, how would that work? Does it work while you're authoring a new email? So I'm authoring an email and I insert a component and somebody else can come and see it or and work on it or? So you can I'm, add a loop component into an email. If I added a loop component to an email and sent you that email, Antonio, um, if you opened up that email in Outlook Web Access, you could actually start typing into the loop component and co-authoring inside that in the email that I sent to you. It would be like okay. a live component that you could type into inside gotcha. the body of the email that I sent to you. I see. So you would have to send it to me first. So you insert a loop component in there. You put some data in there. You send it. I receive it then I can type stuff in and I'm actually editing the loop component, the data in the loop component live that's sitting in your OneDrive. And then I send it back to you or I send it to somebody else and they also be able to edit that same data in the loop component. Uh, you have it, yes. Okay. And it all tracks to the same file in my OneDrive. Now I haven't tried the Outlook yet. So if I send you a loop component and you're editing that one live, do I get any notifications that you are working on that loop component or how do I know that's being worked on? 
That's a great question. And this goes to what I was saying about the brand new operating model. Um, uh, so the loop file, it's or the fluid file in OneDrive, I'm sure has versioning history built in. But here's the question. If people are used to working in co-authoring at the file level or receiving a new email with a follow-up or a response to something, it's going to be new and different to think about going yeah. looking at that component, which is going to be inside of an email or inside a Teams chat. Um, so I think that that user behavior to engage with that component is going to be new and different. Yeah, it is a very like when you think about it from an email perspective, it is a really different operating model because like fundamentally the way email works is like if I send an email to the two of you, the email hits the mail server, a copy gets sent to Mike, a copy gets sent to Sarah. If there is a attachment in there or something in there, there's a copy of it in each of your mailboxes. Right, it's not a centralized thing that you're all co-authoring on. So it is a, you know, it's, it's not an attachment here, but it is a fundamentally different way of working mm -hmm. with email, which is kind of cool. And if I'm sending um, an email to outside of my organization, do I, can I add a loop component to it? How does that work? Because eventually I have, technically if I'm allowed to share externally, that fluid file is shared with that person. So as I understand it, if you um, add an external user to a chat that has a loop component or send an email and it's to someone who doesn't have access to that loop component, meaning they don't have access to the fluid file in my OneDrive. Let's say that we don't have external sharing turned on. You can't share it. It would appear as a link that when they click on the link would say you don't have access to this loop component. So I believe that that's how it's intended to work. Um, okay. from Microsoft's perspective. So it's really just a link sitting in the email body that Outlook interprets a certain way and renders a certain way if it can access the fluid file. My I'm guess guessing. is that the Microsoft product team would say it way more elegantly, but um, I suppose that's how I would think about it. Okay. Yeah, you can probably think about it as a, like an iframe if you want to kind of simplify it a bit inside of your email body. Yeah. Okay, that is a live iframe. Like, iframe widget, but now we're using the fancier word of component. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, is this something I have to turn on in my tenant, or is it on by default? On by default. It's on by default. As it rolls out, it's going to be turned on by default. Um, there are some important security and compliance things to note here, um, because I've actually been researching this. And it is on or off for the entire tenant. You can disable it using a PowerShell command. And I believe you have to be a SharePoint admin, ironically, to disable it. Um, but you can disable it, but it's an on or off for the tenant. You cannot disable it by user, by AD group, or any other subcomponent. It's on or off for the entire tenant. Interesting. At this time. Um, Here's the other interesting thing from a security and compliance perspective. And then we talk a lot about these topics, Antonio, because I know you and I are passionate about them. Yeah. These loop components, could they be considered to be electronic communications that for some types of regulated users have to be monitored very carefully and right. could cause um, an, a level of security and compliance rigor around it? Absolutely. And you just brought up something. How does it work in e-discovery? Can e-discovery pick it up as well? 
can it discover the read inside the content of the loop components? If that fluid file is a binary file, they would have had to update the discovery to be able to interpret it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do not believe that the loop components are available right now to, um, for example, to be um, leveraged for via the APIs for ingestion into some kind of a supervisory system as of yet. Um, I think that that's the long-term intention, but I think that there are some potential challenges for the near term on some of these security and compliance components. So I would encourage anyone who has specific, because I know that for some organizations, what they deem to be electronic communications does require some additional monitoring from a security and compliance perspective. And I think different companies define electronic communications and their level of risk um, and what they're willing to accept for that a little bit differently, Antonio. So in some cases, while I really like these loop, loop components and what they offer, um, you may need to take a look at the detailed options that you have there um, and then make a decision about disabling for your tenant, but it's on by default. And I did actually just check, and um, eDiscovery will actually read loop components. Um, it won't render them in the actual eDiscovery console, so you can't get a preview of them when you're going through, you know, discovered content. But it will actually search the contents of loop components. Um, so this is interesting. Within the console, then, it'll basically provide a link to the file. And yeah. if that security representative who's going in to check it doesn't have access to the OneDrive file or OneDrive admin privileges, they wouldn't be able to see inside the loop component to supervise That's right. it. That's right. That's right. And you you couldn't export it um, through the the uh, the eDiscovery export. Correct, or the APIs, and that's what I meant, that there's no journaling of what's inside that loop component that you can that's ingest right. into yeah. those exactly. security protocols. Although I do, I'm going to guess that that it will be coming eventually, because I it think is. that that level of granularity would be necessary for the type of data that can be in these loop components. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it actually states in the documentation that Microsoft's working on an office consumable export format. So yeah, that should be coming sometime. Yeah. So they're working on it. So I'm just noticing within here that it there is a link to be able to see who has access and a link to copy the link to the actual fluid file. So if I check to see who has access, um, it actually shows me people outside of this chat with the link have access. So I'm assuming that I could copy the link, send the link to someone else, even in a different chat, and it would give them access to be able to work inside the loop component file. So some of that's actually pretty cool. But if you think about it already today, if I'm in a chat window and I attach a file, it's uploading that file to my OneDrive and granting access to that file to the person I'm chatting with. Same thing in an email. If I attach a file, it's going to give me the opportunity to upload that file to my OneDrive and provide edit access to that file. So it's it's really utilizing some of those features that have been there for a while. It's componentizing it. Yeah. And it's a pretty interesting concept as well. I think now that we have it in Outlook, it's not stopping here. In the future, we'll be able to take different what components from think about the components as different sections of a folder of, of a file uh, you can have a, a word a word a section of a word document or powerpoint and we can put it together uh, you can put an agenda from a calendar so 
think that's the concept that uh, that Microsoft is targeting is not just only within an application, but you can create, create this loop page that you can bring components from different places based on the fluid framework. Yep. Have they talked about the other experiences that this is going to be coming to? Is there any indication of where it's going to come next? Um, I haven't heard anything. I know that it's coming to other locations. For some reason, I want to say Yammer is on the roadmap for another location, but I frankly can't recall. So I'm sure that there is. I just can't recall it off the top of my head. Very cool. So Very good. interesting. It is pretty cool. Um, uh, it's amazing the uh, level of how much we've learned about it in just the last few months as I've seen it roll out in my tenant. I think that one of the most interesting thing is going to be building the new user behavior models around leveraging it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, right now, and with, with a couple of clients I have that just experience in it, uh, that just work playing around with it. It's not being fully used yet. Most of my clients, I don't think, even know that it's there yet. It's fairly innocuous, right? Like, if you don't notice that little loop yeah. icon in Teams, mm -hmm. right? It's and, and even if you do notice and you go on it, it's just a, a bulleted list, a checklist, a numbered list. It almost looks like it's just formatted content, not necessarily <laughs> something that is, you know, centrally stored and multiple people can edit uh, at the same time. Agreed. Is it similar to, you know, how in um, uh, you're having a Teams meeting and someone puts a form in the chat, um, like a Microsoft Forms form in the chat? Is it the same kind of thing? Yeah, I think it's the same, very, very similar. It just it's stored in different places. But yeah, it's, you can you can have some live collaboration, I guess, on a specific component gotcha. inside that Teams meeting. Well, despite the technical challenges we've experienced offline, I think well, this one is a pretty good uh, episode, and uh, I've learned quite a bit from Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. So uh, hopefully uh, everyone in the audience uh, enjoyed the session, and we'll look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye for now.